in today's show, we're talking about the fantasy basketball waiver wire, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LockedOn. That's PrizePix.com. Promo code is LockedOn. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's time for us to look at the waiver wire. Time for us to go through players who have been added and dropped and who should be added and who should be dropped and what things we're watching for on the waiver wire. Maybe a little bit of other strategy stuff in there as well. Michael, not Michael Bolton, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> the most added players over the last 24 hours. At number one is Davion Mitchell. There is no surprise in that one. I think it's a really solid move. I have absolutely no idea how long it lasts. I, I don't know. I don't know how long Darren Fox is going to be out. It might be literally just today. It might be three weeks. It might be four months. It's probably unlikely to be four months. But it could be a week. It could be two weeks. And you don't get many opportunities to find a guy on a waiver wire who's got an opportunity to put up top 70 numbers. Top 50 numbers? I don't know. Top 70, let's say top 75 numbers for maybe two to three games, maybe two to three weeks. And if it doesn't work and it happens for one day, oh well. Oh well, you just drop him. All right, so he is rightfully the number one added player. And yes, there is only one more game this week for the Kings. I believe it's on Saturday, which is a lower volume day. That's great. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We make mistakes, but you take opportunities, you take percentages, you take chances. And that's exactly why he's an ad. But I, do I need to really convince you of that? Because he's been added as the most most added player everywhere, which is good. Kevin Love added in a lot of spots. Hmm. Okay. Not really sure. Not really sure I buy that. Now, Love has been solid this season. He's 107th ranked player. That's That's pretty good. But I don't know. There's just something about Kevin Love for 12-team leagues where I guess it's okay. He's averaging 11 and 8. No defensives. I think he said one block all season. No steals. He's shooting pretty well. Like, okay, you're getting some rebounds and some threes. It's not, it's not bad. It's okay production. I wouldn't have thought he would be the guy to just add as the must-add player. I don't think there's much upside in that. There is for the second bloke. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Actually, because I can't count, it's the third bloke. It's Alexei Pokashevsky, whose last three games have been um, much better. Really, really much improved. Poku, the minutes have been up, but I don't know how much to trust the Pokashevsky, Robinson Earl, Muscala, Williams, um, I'm sure Wiggins, Baisley. How do those minutes go? Uh, it's really hard to trust it, but... Like we said, we take a flyer on. Now, Poku's the 209th ranked player this season. He's averaging 8-2. and two. 
No, he's not. He's averaging eight and five. My bad. With a block on 39% shooting and 50 from the line. Like, they're putrid numbers. But the last few have been really good. The last one against the Magic was great. And it's important to note that the Thunder have a really good schedule this week. They've got two more quality games this week. And that opportunity and upside is there. I, I, I'm, I'm behind it. I'm not expecting it to work, but I am behind it. <clears throat> the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, fourth most added player. Um, yeah, we thought there might be an issue for Tyler Hero today. It doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. Hero looks like uh, he will play. So Struess's value remains as it is. Now, it's been pretty good. He's playing 31 minutes a night. He's giving you 14 points. He's giving you three threes, five rebounds. He's not really giving you anything else, and he's doing it on subpar percentages, 44 and 75. But there is points and threes stream value for Struess. And that has yeah, that has appeal. That has that has some value. I wouldn't have I wouldn't be looking at him as a long-term option. At some point, we assume, maybe, sometimes, ugh, perhaps Victor Oladipo returns. But for now, Struess is rolling along at like just a back-end player rate. Josh Richardson, really good ad. Vassell still dealing with this issue. Keldon Johnson now hurt. Josh Primo, gone. Richardson might not be the most sexiest name, but he can hit some threes, he can get some assists, he can get some steals. And more importantly, there's probably 27 to 30 minute upside there. I really do think he's a solid ad and he's available in a lot of spots. Malik Beasley, I, I don't know why. I don't know why people are adding Malik Beasley. I, I would much rather add um, Kevin Love. I would much rather add Max Struess when I'm looking for these three-point stream options. I don't really get it with Beasley. Like, what, what, what are we seeing? He's averaging 12 points with two threes, one assist, one, two rebounds, one steal, 43% shooting. I honestly don't get it. I don't know why he's been one of the most highly added players. And the next guy is Dennis Smith Jr. And I do get that he is the third highest added player on Yahoo!, which is that those top four are using our advanced metrics on Basketball Monster, the bottom four are Yahoo's. I know why Dennis Smith's been added. What I don't know is why it's taken people this long to add him. That doesn't make it. And to be fair, he's not the third most highest player because um, he's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh because Love and Struess and Poku and Mitchell are all ahead of him as well. But why is why is he still sitting at only 67%? Why is he just getting a boost now? He should have been added the moment Terry Rozier got hurt. The moment Terry Rozier got hurt. So yeah, we keep rolling with him. And then people chasing with Najee Marshall. Added in a lot of spots. Marshall's had two back-to-back really good games. And I guess you could consider him for today. But his value goes as far as the injuries to Jones and Ingram go. And after that, he's not going to have any relevance. And if you add Najee Marshall today, are you even going to use him on 11-game Wednesday? I think that one is again chasing a little bit. I don't really I don't really get it. But I do sort of get it because people look at the past performance, go, oh, look at that. And that'll continue without without looking at a bunch of context around it, unfortunately. If you're looking to play some daily fantasy sports, you probably don't want to do the old school daily fantasy method of building a team in a salary cap and going up against a bunch of people. It's so much easier to do it on price picks. Because on price picks, what it is, it's player projections. You can look Max Struess over under two and a half threes and go, okay, I think he'll go over. I could look at Josh Richardson over under five and a half assists and I'll take over. And you get between two to five of those individual player lines and put them together into one entry and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's so easy. It's so simple. It is so fast. 
Under 60 seconds, you can have an entry done and your withdrawals are also safe and easy as well. But it's not just the basketball. You can do, actually, you can do more basketball, women's college basketball, Euro basketball, men's men's college basketball, the NFL, the World Series, NHL, PGA golf, college football, boxing, disc golf, cricket, NASCAR, so many things. And PricePix is available in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix gives you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right. Let's have a look at the most dropped players in fantasy leagues. Bismack Biombo down a lot. I thought he'd sort of done what you wanted, yeah? Nine blocks in two games? What else were you expecting? There's some of these moves that people make, and I'm not saying that Biombo is a must-hold player, nor is Jock Landau, and Jock Landau, I get dropping him. But Biombo gave you the nine blocks. Is it, are we guaranteed that Aiton is back in the next game? I don't think so. Like he might be, but I don't. I don't think that's a guarantee. It's far from a guarantee. And are you dropping someone to play someone on an eleven game Wednesday? I don't, I don't know. I thought if I added him, I just would have held him. Anyway, Jalen Noel, most dropped player. Cool, no problem. He's a fourteen team league points option. Jack Landau, we talked about, and then people giving up on Big Dick Nick Richards. Remember Steve Clifford. This is what was going to happen. There is, if he was to become the starter and play 28 minutes a night, he'd be a must-roster player. But you're waiting for an injury. And that is where it becomes dicey, especially with so many of these good backup centers around. Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah Hartenstein, um, Jalen Duran. Um, there's another three or four that I'm missing, I know. Oh, there's so many. Uh, Okongwu. There's so many of these guys that Richards, it's just really hard to hold when we know that he's going to play 19 or 20 minutes every night with a good game and then some bad games sprinkled in. I don't know if it's worth it, so I get it. The most, One of the most dropped players is Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. And I've seen this a lot. And I think people con- confused my position on Jalen Williams a lot. Do I think that Jalen Williams is a top 70 upside player? No, I, no, not at all. Do I think that given the Thunder's schedule this week, that he's a good ad? Yeah, the, the schedule this week is good. Is he a rookie with upside? Yes. Is he a top... 140 player despite playing two games in six minutes? Yes. Is it on the back of unsustainable shooting and steals? Also, yes. But I'm just taking a look at upside here. We're just looking at Jalen Williams' upside. So many people, after yesterday, he started, oh, cut him. He's a shithouse. No chance. We're going to be holding all season. No one is telling anybody to hold him all season. But I don't know why you would drop today when you can see what happens again Thursday. Give it a week. Let's see what happens here. He started. He might not start next game. He might also play more minutes coming off the bench. We just don't know. But the opportunity is there. The talent is there. The belief in him from the Thunder is also there. Right? There is no... You don't sacrifice the farm for this guy because he's not a top 50, top 70, top 80 upside player. He just isn't this season. Right? But the schedule works in your favor this week. The opportunity works in your favor this week. And a reactionary drop after one start where he struggled. No doubt he struggled. Still had two steals, but he, he did struggle. It just goes against like really the meaning of what we're doing here in fantasy. So 
He's down to like 50% rostered. I checked my leagues this morning. None of my leagues dropped him, which is disappointing for me. But it's also encouraging to know that these guys aren't being hyper-reactionary. Just give it a week. Let, just give it the rest of this week. Give it Thursday, give it Saturday, and let's see what happens. And if he plays 19 minutes a night on both those games and has five shots in each of them, then I'll okay, go, you know what? It's going to be up and down. But let's see what goes on. Can we get a flash of a big game here? I think there's a possibility. People are so hyper-reactionary. I tweeted something out. Someone had a tweet saying, hey, Jalen Green is shooting 8% on mid-range jumpers this season. You know, it's the worst of anyone with qualifying attempts. So I retweeted and said, hey, that smells like a buy low. And multiple people said, nah, man, he's going to get worse. Nah, he smells like shit. Nah, your sense of smell is off. Like if you guys think that Jalen Green is getting worse than this, I don't know what to tell you. I think you're doing everything wrong. Like, that is the clearest example. But that also encourages all of us with more levels of common sense to go, yeah, we can actually buy low on someone like Jalen Green if people are having these reactionary traits and they go, man, he's shooting 8% from mid-range. Whoa, I, I, can't, I can't deal with when it gets worse. It won't get worse. It, it just won't. But people have this mindset that that happened in the last two games. He chucked so many shots. He was so bad. Um, it can only be worse or equivalent to this. And that's really helpful for those of us who aren't as reactionary to get in there and go, all right, I'll, I'll take a game of short-term pain I'll take a week of short-term pain and see what happens. It's a really hard mindset to get yourself out of. And sometimes we have to make calls. But sometimes there's just... Pl- it's like, I'm dropping Kyle Lowry. I'm dropping Cam Johnson. Um, hey, what should I do with Drew Holiday? He looks like a drop. Like These are the comments that get fed to me. And so can you guys just calm down? And I think we just need to always just assess that. It's like, what had just happened, if it was the worst doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that or even worse in the future. I hope that makes a level of sense. I know there are going to be plenty of you who go, nah, man, Jalen Green is just trash. Nah, man, Jalen Williams, no chance. He's behind. Someone told me that he was behind Usman Jeng in the rotation. Look, I, I don't know what you're watching. The bloke started his second game back from injury and he might not start in the next game. That is entirely possible. But this is why it's always worth just seeing what you can do. Anyway, Terrence Ross has dropped. Good. See you later. Haven't jacked anyone yet, but we might as well do that. Get that garbage out of here! Darius Baisley was dropped. That was a good stream for yesterday just because of the low volume games on, but he has no business staying on a 14-team league roster. And do my eyes deceive me? Are people actually dropping James Wiseman? Where are you now? Took a while. Yeah, he shouldn't be held. Let's look at some droppable players. Now, what these are, these are guys when I look long-term that maybe they're guys that they're sitting on your roster. You go, oh, I'm not sure they're going to maintain current value or they're going to maintain 12-team status. This is not go out and drop them. And I have to state that pretty plainly. Do not just go and drop these players with the exception of one. Do not just go and drop these players, but they're guys that you look at and go, oh, hmm. If I do need to create space in a two-for-one trade or adding a streamer or a wave, well, maybe these guys might not be the players that necessarily need to be held on to. And one of those, if a category leagues, the first four here, and if you want to know, the, the italics here on YouTube are more points leagues. The uh, non-italicized names are category leagues. And Dylan Brooks, I don't think, needs to be held in a category league. Now, while Desmond Bain is out, his volume goes up, and there is some appeal to holding Brooks for that volume scoring. But when we're looking longer term, I don't really see him being a 12-team league guy. 
Same goes with Kelly Oubre. He's been okay, but could there have been a better situation for Kelly Oubre than what he's found himself in now? No Rogier, no Martin, no Ball, and he is the 147th ranked player because he gets no rebounds, no assists, no real steals. I think actually, I think his steals might actually be okay. Yeah, well, no, 1.3 steals at 41%, 65 from the line, and then he's got to deal with those guys coming back. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be a top 200 player for the rest of the season. Santi Aldama, you can keep holding him. But when you look at your roster, if you need to clear space for something happening in the future, the value for him just isn't going to last, and it's already at the moment back end anyway. So if you want to drop Santi Aldama, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. If you want to hold him, more strength to you as well. That's totally okay. He might have a 12-12 and 12 game today with two blocks. That is absolutely entirely possible. But when we're again trying to look long-term, and that's what projections are trying to forecast, when we look at the middle of November, we're going to go, what the hell was I doing with Santi Aldama? I missed out on whatever other option is there. And he who should not be named, the tall forward from the Orlando Magic who's taken uh, about three times longer than anyone in history to return from an ACL, we're not saying his name until he returns, but I had a look, and he's still rostered in 50% of leagues. Please. Please drop this guy. What are you doing? Why are you holding him? Please drop him. For points leagues, now today, Joel Embiid is out. So D'Anthony Melton's going to have good value. So it's not a must-drop situation, clearly. But when we look at the long-term value of these guys, Melton's value in a points league is significantly less than in a category league. And he's probably more of a 14-team points league mainstay than a 12-team league guy. You can still have him, but he's on that fringes there. Herb Jones, not a 12-team league player in points leagues. You don't need, and he's injured. No need to hold him. Brandon Clark, well, that goes for category leagues as well. You do not need Brandon Clark in a standard format. He's like a 14 to, and in points league, he's like a 16-team league player. And then you've got DeAndre Hunter, who again, in category leagues, we're not dealing with that at all either. But I don't think there's any point in a 12-team format. The minutes are okay, but he just doesn't do anything. So again, these are guys that probably have a lot of name value or recognition or roster percentage, which seems high, but I don't know that they necessarily need to be held onto. Now, if we go to the other side of the coin, we look at players who are must roster. These to me are guys who I think will be top 100 players who are available in at least 20% of leagues. Now this is not my league, Josh. They're all rostered. Good. That means your league is smart, but not everyone's league is like that. So I'm just going to rattle off these names. And if they're available in your league, you add them. They're top 100 players. And the top four, again, are categories. The top four are points. There's a lot of crossover here. Kelly Olenek, what are you doing? Please add him. Josh the Hitman Hart, are we, are we asleep? Are we all okay? Please add him. Cam Johnson, wake up. Add him. Mike Conley, let's do it again. Let's add him, huh? What are we doing? Why are these guys on the wire? For points leagues, Olenek, Hart, Conley, and Nick Claxton's available. Huh? What? Why? Like 25% available. Add him. The same goes for category leagues, of course, with Claxton. But they're the top four for me in categories and top four for me in points of guys that I don't know why they're sitting on the wire. Let's look at some players who over the last week are top 100 players. Is there any reason to think this continues or are they ads? Josh Richardson, yeah, I think it's a solid ad. Eric Gordon is playing really well. Do I believe that's a must roster scenario? Not really, no. But in 14 teams, I love it. And there is 12-team appeal for Gordon because they are giving him too many shots and too many minutes. Tyus Jones, Morant out, Bain out, Jones's minutes up. That's why he's pushed into the top 100. I wouldn't bother about adding him. Devontae Graham, similarly, Ingram out, Jones out, Zion out, Daniels out. 
Like he's had some better games. I, I don't buy into it at all. Patrick Williams. Last two games have been encouraging. I would add him in 14 teams and I would at least have a look in a 12-team league. Like if I can compare him to say like Santi Aldama, where the minutes are trending up for Williams and Aldamas are going to trend down, I, I might consider it. Kelly Oubre, I might consider it. RJ Hampton. So like he's shooting like 59% over the last three games. That's not going to stick. His minutes are up in like the 17-18 range, but I don't buy him as a top 100 player. So I'm not adding him there. Zach Collins and Dean Wade. Two interesting names to see in the top 100. Wade is benefiting from Garland being out, getting those extra minutes. Collins is just doing some nice stuff coming off the bench. These are more deeper league guys, but they are names to keep an eye on, especially if Jakob Pertl is traded, which I don't think is a guarantee at all. Um, and yeah, Dean Wade, if he starts over um, Karis Levert, which I don't expect him to. Um, but there might be something there. He's shooting the ball really well, and that's really what's pushing him into the top 100. So other names that are worth noting here. Kevin Herter, he's outperforming all expectations. He's shooting the absolute lights out. That is going to fall away, but for now, yes, he needs to be rostered. Jalen McDaniel, speaking of shooting the lights, it's like 59% from three. It is no chance of sticking. And like when we talked about Ubre, Martin Rogier and Ball all need to return. And McDaniels won't play 24 a night. He might play 20 a night. And he won't continue to shoot 60% from three. So he is a name that you can have there, but realistically treat him as your 13th or 12th guy. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Now this one's a little bit different because KCP is playing really well. He's the 78th ranked player this season. How is he getting there? Well, it's really by three threes a game. It's almost three, 2.73s, and over three assists, as well as 1.2 steals, and hasn't missed a free throw. I'm not, yeah, the, some of the guys ranked behind him are Tyler Hero, PJ Washington, Devin Vassell, Paulo Banquero, Jared Allen, Benedict Matherin, DeAndre Ayton. Like, none of those guys would I would consider it to be worse players than KCP. But what he is doing is not unsustainable. 11, 4, and 3, 1.2 steals, 45% field goals. Now, he is shooting 53% from three, which is, of course, inflating a lot. But he's been interesting. Jalen Suggs. Suggsy. He's the only point guard available. Yes, he can't shoot. I know this. Right? But he can get steals. He can get assists. You might get five assists and 1.7 steals. 10 points. 1.53s. You might get that. To me, that is absolutely a 12-team league ad. Absolutely. Especially with Fultz and Anthony out. Harris out. Now Ross dealing with this knee issue. Uh, it's a must add. Shaden Sharp, a name that is worth mentioning because Lillard remains out today. But the Blazers play today with 11 games and Friday with 12 games. Will you actually even use Sharp? A lot of people have added him because it's exciting. He's a rookie. There are points. But to me, it's a shorter term situation when you might add him. And look, honestly, is he in your active 10 today? Like, probably not. And that means it's a wasted ad. Isaiah Hartenstein is available in 50% of leagues on Yahoo. I'm not really sure why. Jeremy Sohan is available everywhere. Not everywhere, in a lot of spots. I think he's worth that 12-team league upside grab. He might score four points next game. And that doesn't mean you go and drop him because it's trending in the right direction and we're seeing a lot of good things from him. And then Tim Hardaway is a name just to keep an eye on. All right, there's some nice scoring and threes output. There's going to be stinkers where he has six points with one three and nothing else. But if the minutes continue to stay 28, 29, then there is a little bit of value there for Timmy. And that, guys, will do it for me today with the Waiver Wire Show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up, you leave your comments down below. Tell me, what did you think? 
Am I being too optimistic about Jalen Williams? Am I being too optimistic about Jalen Green? Am I being too much of a hater on whatever play you think I'm hating on? I don't know. Drop it in the comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.